Well, hey everybody, welcome to The Breakdown. We're back for another a week sitting down at the table with the one, the only, lead pastor, Nick Pierce. I appreciate that. Anytime, buddy. Do I you got know, your back. Uh, okay, so... Dude, we're 12 seconds in and I you're going to rabbit trail? I and love I'm going to rabbit trail. Let's go. We really do have to stop the whole good vicar thing. Oh no, has it picked up steam? No, but we, we, need, to, we need to shoot it and give it a good Christian burial. You know what vicar means? What? In place of Christ. Yeah, good vicar. <laughs> that, no. I you do not. realize just by saying that you've now egged no. anyone on. Into heresy? You know what's really funny? Like before, I thought it was just like a term or something like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is what they call him, a good vicar. No, like in place of Christ. Like that's, he I serves, didn't realize that. He serves here in place of Christ. Like, ain't nobody looking at Calvary Chapel and being like, all right, in place of Christ. So we're sitting down with the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So I get this text in the text line today. Yeah, we get it. Um, uh, could one of the two witnesses be Chuck Norris? <laughs> yes. Amen. Um, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. Sounds like Chuck. Yeah. When Chuck Norris does a push-up, he doesn't push himself up off the earth. He pushes, he the, pushes earth the earth down. down. <laughs> That's what he does. But this person finished oh, their great. text message with Jaron and the Good Vicar. As always, it's great to listen to the breakdown. That sinner needs repentance. Good Christian he to, burial. He needs to listen to the message of the two witnesses for some repentance. So we're going to, we're just going to call you pastor. Pa- you know what? That's better it's than on good the name tag. <laughs> It's on the name tag. It's on the door. It's in the role. It sounds good. Uh, so, so today's a little bit unique and different for a variety of reasons. Normally, uh, normally, if you've listened to the breakdown for any amount of time, you know that we usually record on Tuesday. Tuesdays, um, which is, we were already talking about moving that up to Monday. It's not Monday. It's currently it's two o four on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Like I, I've had uh, a kind of bar between third service and now. I had a. What'd you get? Uh, it wasn't a kind bar. What's the other one? Like the I had one of the peanut butter granola bars that are out. Oh, in like the, a Cliff Bar. The Cliff Bar. I had a peanut butter. Cliff I love bar. a good Cliff Bar. That was fire. That's yeah. literally all I've had in two and a half cups of coffee and oh, migraine meds. Oh, you got meds? I, I didn't I know we were meds, taking meds, guys. Three o'clock this morning, buddy. Took them <laughs> on an empty <laughs> stomach. It was great. All right. So this is funny. Like, so I went to bed last night. Yep. And I lay down. And that's I'm good. Like, yeah, always good. And I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not to rub it in that I got sleep and you didn't. But I was laying there and I was like, oh, I got to set my alarm Sunday for Sunday morning. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to sleep in or whatever. So I grabbed my phone and it's like, oh, it's updating. And I'm like, ah, I won't take that long. Did you fall asleep? And I went to sleep. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to lay down and go to sleep because like I had already went to bed. Ashley hadn't gone to bed yet. You were here before me this morning. so I know. And so I was thinking, oh, I'll wake up when Ashley comes to bed. Oh, no. Nope, not at all. Didn't wake up with her coming to bed. Oh, no. I literally woke up <laughs> on a funny dream, which is good because my past couple dreams have been really weird. But I woke up on a funny dream kind of laughing <laughs> to myself in real you life. You chuckled yourself I awake. I chuckled myself awake at 542, which I normally set my alarm for 545. Would that be... Um, we were... <laughs> We Would were, that be the grace of the Lord? I was driving around with PD, who you know who oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I'm driving around with dream? PD in my dream, and we're listening to music on a stereo. That That's, was the Lord intervening. 
That's incredible. It was like, you need to wake up. So yeah, I woke up at 542, <laughs> not before my alarm, without my alarm. And I looked over and I saw what time it was and I was like, oh, I can go back to sleep. And then it hit me. I was like, no, today's Sunday. You got to get up. <laughs> I got to get up. So I was yeah. sitting out in, I was sitting out working on my laptop at three o'clock this morning. Working? Um, working? Outside I of? I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth. I okay. plead the fifth on that All one. Right. I won't lie, uh, but I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> and at lying. four o'clock, I'm like, I've got my laptop going. I'm watching. Which, this is a great show to watch at four o'clock in the morning when the house is pitch black and the only light that I have, I was watching. Smurfs. No, Criminal Minds. No. Yes. I no. am so in that show. You are um, weird. I know. So you watch Criminal Minds. You listen to a true crime podcast. Podcast. Like if Jerron's in here working on the studio, like putting stuff up, or just like if it's more of like a task oriented thing and you want something yep. in the background, you're listening to true crime pod. It's more of a, a manual labor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like so you'll come in here to talk to you and it's just like, and then she took the knife and, and plunged stabbed it, it through his heart. <laughs> And it's like, hey, Jerron, we have a benevolence request, and they need prayer. What do you want to – you got a knife? I mean, like <laughs> – That's actually how that We're went. praying for you, man. Oh, it's a, man. It's a work. So, um, so yeah, today's a little bit uh, unusual because it's 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So we're – and, and normally, a couple things. One, we give ourselves time to digest. Yeah. What the crazy pastor said. So we're not there. shotgunning from the hip, which yeah. is exactly how mm-hmm. this is going to go. And then number two – we always try to provide some time to what we can for people to text in yep. any other questions. I'll be interested to see how many texts we get this week After. from afterwards, but they'll be like mad because it's oh, like, you I already had the podcast. Yeah. 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 I'd send a reminder text this you morning. You sent a reminder text. In the middle right? of first service. I always <laughs> send it in the middle of first service. Because we didn't have anything else going on today no, not at, at church all. service. Not today. at all. So, um, so yeah, obscure. I mean, they may not know that, but yeah. on the back end, it'll be... Fun for them to know. So Revelation um, 11. So Revelation 11. We got. Uh, I said before we started recording, what did I say? I didn't say the two witnesses. I said the two. <laughs> what did I say? He said, all right, Revelation 11. We're going to talk about the two wise men. <laughs> That's what it was. And in my notes, I even have the two witnesses. But for whatever reason, lack of sleep, And honestly, probably. it could be two wise men. We don't know how many wise men there are. We only say three <laughs> because of the number of gifts. I honestly believe it was a whole caravan of people because they would have been rich dudes. They would have had servants with them. Like, and when they came in, why would Herod, the king, go after two? Like, after two yeah, or three two dudes, or three. just hanging out, like just rolling in. What on, if it was three wise men? But then, just like we see so many times in yeah. scripture, where it's like the non non important. I don't want to say that, but anyways, like yeah. the caravans left out. Yeah, yeah like yeah. they've got the animals. They got they've their, got their servants. Yeah, they got servants. Yeah, it would have been a whole caravan. I firmly believe that. Because they they weren't it wasn't just like a trip, you know, just a couple hours yeah. outside. I mean, this was a journey. Because again, they they didn't get there until Jesus was two, yeah, or a toddler. So they uh, didn't get there. The night if you have your born. wise men in the nativity, mm-hmm. yeah, wrong, theologically yeah. inaccurate. Absolutely. They need to come out about the time of Easter, two years later. Two years later. <laughs> Not yeah. even in the same year. Like, if you want your nativity setup to be biblically accurate, take your three wise men, which you don't even know it's three, go outside, throw them as far as you can. <laughs> and go get them in two years. And, and yeah, they'll get there in two years. That's where that's how you do it. I don't remember out. that being a part of your message this morning. I either fell asleep or checked out. Two witnesses, two wise men, three wise guys. This is going to be a really rough this is, podcast episode. If... I'm good. <laughs> I haven't had meds like some people here. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so two, two things. Two witnesses. Yeah. Uh, two things I kind of want to dive into. What stood out to you? Uh, what stood out to me specifically? Number yeah. one, we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right into just it. have it. Who are the two witnesses? Uh, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> my knee jerk reaction was to do a your mom joke right there. <laughs> just gonna be honest. <laughs> That's a, like I just I was like, don't say it. Don't, don't say, say it. it. I didn't say I it. Didn't, Very good. Here I just go. alluded to it. I, yeah, I know, right? Um, Which is just as bad. Who are the two witnesses? I I think they're going to be new guys. I don't think, I don't think there's going to be like some resurrection of uh, Old Testament saints. I don't think there's going to be a coming down of them from heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I just think they're going to be new guys on the and scene. New characters in the scene. Just as and and a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like he just sealed 144,000 to do the work of ministry, and we're worried about two. Like no, I guess that is true. Like the focus becomes yeah. Hmm, like think about that. If God can find one hundred forty-four thousand Jewish evangelists from each twelve tribes, I think He's going to be okay finding. We're going to be witnesses. fine on the two. Yeah, we're going to be out. We're okay. So we have one hundred forty-four thousand and two doing the work of ministry. <laughs> but they're just as important. Just as important. But we don't see that in scripture. But what's crazy is they they will be killed. Mm-hmm. Where we don't, it seems. The the implication would be the hundred forty four thousand aren't won't be they'll be able to they'll persevere through. Uh, would it be too much of a liberty to say that the two witnesses are Jewish? Oh, see, I was wondering about that. I was thinking that's about that. one of the we questions that I came. Yeah, we, because there are some things that are. Uh, oh my gosh, I just forgot the word Jewish ask, tradition yeah. or heritage. Yeah, that how would you? Now this is me saying this and. 2023. So yeah. who knows? Always good to time Let's stamp just, it. Yeah. So it's not like because <laughs> who's going to listen to this offensive <laughs> in ten years that we? Oh, you can't say the word Jewish anymore. You can't. Yeah. Um, but that one of the things. Yeah. You know, like there there are some some ritual esque things that we see. Yeah. Would would they themselves be Jewish? Yeah, that's a good question, and it's crazy that there's not a hard uh, response or answer to that. You know, told you this is where my brain goes. There it is. No, it's good. And this is why I missed that you started talking about the two wise men. <laughs> two wise men. He's reading. Yeah, sorry, I'm reading. So for that, if we not, have to. If you're not watching, if you're not watching it on YouTube, and you, there's we have a to pause. Like, do a play by play. Nick yeah. has opened his Bible Nick, Nick, open to page Bible. one thousand and. 38, 35. Oh, four. I was like, dang, good guess. No, you're no, looking at the other, the other side, side of it. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's a prophet. The no. Lord has told me that you're reading <laughs> Revelation yeah, 11, 11, page 134. So I'm going for. Well, I mean, here, I think that I think that's a very safe assumption because remember, Zechariah tells us that there's two olive trees and two lampstands before the throne. Mm-hmm. It's John that tells us. Oh, those are actually people, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, and so yeah, like I, I wouldn't lose any sleep or salvation saying that those are Jewish people. Yeah, and if if Gentile people are offended, you know, like again, God picked back up the ministry of Israel here. Yep. So like, I think I think that would be very fitting, at that yep. sense, and to think, ooh, here you go. This is fun. Oh no! Well. Maybe. This is my brain processing. This is Nick So I don't say something stupid. And they're like, <laughs> duh, Nick, don't you know this verse? And it's always kind of process. And you got to walk through, like, try to walk through. This is what happens when we don't have two days to sit down. And Is there any other 
every only Christ is resurrected. That's something different than, you know, like a Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Lazarus was dead, brought back to life, but to die again. Mm-hmm. Jesus was resurrected and unto life, yep. and he's never going to die again. So he's the only resurrection mm-hmm. key, right? Uh, but even in a something like a Lazarus, mm-hmm. I can't find any non-Jewish. Mm. That's what I'm trying to think of. Now, Jesus would heal Gentile people. You know, we have the Roman centurion and mm-hmm. the slave boy. Mm-hmm. That's a thought. You know, so the only... I can't either. You know. And let's be honest, if you can think of it, what... Well, I don't... Who am I? Whatever. But yeah, like, you know, any anything that God did in that was always with a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a Gentile. Even in the New Testament, I can't think of a Gentiled person. You know, because even when Paul was preaching... And the boy fell. There'd be a strong indication that that it was mm. Jewish at that point. Yeah, there. Was, Paul was preaching one time, and a, a boy fell asleep in the window and fell out from like the second, third story. Drop, died. And Paul, and could you imagine this? Hold on, guys. I I I got two more points to my sermon. I got to go downstairs and resurrect this kid from the dead. And he goes down there, brings somebody back from the dead, right? And resumes. And then just picks it right back happened. up. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead and turn your Bible to, you know. <laughs> Point 2A. Yeah. You imagine me just like somebody dies right there and be like, hold on, guys, real quick. Walk down, a little lay of hands, a little oil, a little I prayer. I would run <laughs> for a multitude of other reasons. I'd be like, no, that's, that's the spirit of the Antichrist yeah. right there. <laughs> I am out. Oh, is that where we're going to start calling that it? Is, that's that exactly. is the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm just saying, if people start getting raised from the dead, uh, Telling you, that, that's a hard one for me. That is. That that's is. a. That's a. Yeah. I got to be real careful with that. And one. and when you go through all of Scripture, what written over a course of fifteen hundred years, like we can count on maybe two hands, mm-hmm. everybody that was resurrected mm-hmm. back. I mean, we're we're talking super rare. Yeah. Which for me, like I'm a big. Everybody's like, I see miracles every day. No, you don't. You see God's providence every day. Mm. You don't see God's miracles every day. Because if you saw God's miracles every day, that then it would cheapens be, a miracle. Yeah, define miracle then. It's not a miracle then. Yep. You know, like, it's normalcy. It is. Now, now that's where, for me, I think God's providence is far more active mm-hmm. than his miracles. And miracles have to go against natural law and different things like that. So, oh, I got a parking spot close to the doors. It's a miracle. <sighs> no, it's not. That wasn't even God's providence. That was and just, I don't know. The Lord really cares about where you park. Yeah, exactly. You know, but there, uh, and some people get frustrated when I say it. But it's like we give God too much credit. Oh yeah, I could see why. Yeah, people get frustrated with that. Like I now, if you worship the Lord for every little thing, it's like, I, is he up there getting mad? I I don't know about that. But if it's like, is is that really, is that really the Lord though? Because then would it desensitize our discernment? Yeah. So we know and see. So I think sometimes we we get. And are you going to start or stop following the Lord because you did or didn't get a parking spot? Yeah. Right. And the answer to that for John Humston is (laughs) yes. (laughs) Or if you get like an extra cheeseburger in the bag, be like, oh, Oh, that's just a blessing of the Lord. One (laughs) hundred percent. There's no thinking about it. I walk (laughs) in McDonald's and there's two Big Macs and I only paid for one. 
that is that is more than the providence of the Lord. That yeah, is a miracle in itself. Well, they they have another word for it. It's called theft. Uh, listen, I didn't take it. They put it in my bag. <laughs> oh, I it's love a miracle this. of the Lord. No, it's good. Um, so something else yeah. that I thought would be good for us to ten, to yeah, attend, spend time on. Yeah. Um, and I loved how you did this, but I wonder if there is not more people in one of the services today that wanted you to draw a out. Bit more out. Yeah, a little bit more. Because I had more. a thought, so I was going to see, I was going to let you exhaust all your thoughts, and then if oh. we still needed well, this fodder is my, for the podcast. This is my last thought. This is it? Uh-oh. Because I'm already exhausted, so there's not much to... <laughs> He's been up since um, three. So dive deeper into, and you touched on it, rebuilding the temple. Yeah. And how that, how you're like, hey, I'm going to step on some toes here, but this this whole idea yeah. of, you know, we look at for the fulfillment of prophecy... To happen as this great thing. Yeah. When in reality, what the temple becomes. Yeah. So so just walk through biblical history. So when we come out of Egypt mm-hmm. is when the whole idea of the tabernacle started. Yep. So the, the the later half of Exodus is all about building the tabernacle. And the mobile was, temple. Huh? The mobile temple. The mobile temple, yeah, just kind of like a mobile library. Church in a tent. Yeah, church in a tent. <laughs> and so it, it it was a tent tabernacle that was made, and then all the all the elements that were just supposed to go in it, the table of showbread and what was on that, the lampstand and what was on that, and the altar of incense and what that was, and the Ark of the Covenant, what that was, how to carry it all. Everything was very specific, and you can, you know, some people are like, that's so boring in Exodus. And it's like, well, if actually you look and see how all of it points to Jesus and how precise it was, it's actually kind of interesting. You just have to frame it. So anyway, so we come out of Egypt. It's the Exodus, and and God's like, all right, we, I have been leading, and so I, I want the tabernacle for a place for my presence to dwell, and it's obviously within that mercy seat. So you have the fire by night, cloud by day. There we go. So where they build build the tabernacle, and, and, and so we're instituting all this. This is like, it's all foundational. It's all starting. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, Moses, you need to get Aaron as the high priest and all these other dudes uh, there's ritually pure. There's mm-hmm. ceremonial laws that they need to uphold, and and they can't just wear any other garments. I want them dressed this way. I want you to put blood on their earlobes and their toes and all these things and the umen and the thumen and all the yada yada. You know, there's there is so precise about how God wanted everything. Very very designed, very orchestrated for it all. And because the plan of Israel was always to be missional and how to bring people. Mm-hmm. to a relationship with the Lord. And and how do we approach a holy God? And so and and with his presence in the holy of holies of the tabernacle, this is how you approach a holy God. And then you get later to David, David want to build a house. David, he built his own house and said, "Lord, I'm 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 living nice and you got you got a tent." And I like, "Hey, let's talk about this like you." And so he wanted to build the Lord a temple and the Lord's like, yeah, you got too much blood on your hands. You've done too much killing. Mm-hmm. And so David did something very interesting. He pretty much raised all the funds, brought all the supplies, got the plans, dipped. and then pretty much dipped. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, we call it death, but um, but the Lord told him, you're not going to build it, your son's going to build it, and that's a promise and, and to Solomon. So it even shows succession there. Um, and that that's a whole other crazy story how that happened. And so Solomon builds the temple. And then obviously you have Herod, um, you know, jumping in. I want to say he ruled from like 37 BC to like just after the time of the birth of Jesus, right? Because then his sons totally, take over. Yeah, totally right. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was looking for verification. Yeah, if I could have a cricket noise in the background. <laughs> you know, and so he adds on to the temple. And then, and what we, you know, and there's a whole lot in between all of this stuff, right? There's a whole lot. Right? We're trying to sum up all yeah, of scripture. Yeah, and- not even getting into like, <laughs> Uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and the Maccabees and some of the things that happened and and even go back Old Testament more with Josiah and Restoration and Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, so much going on. Uh, and then so obviously we get to the intertestamental period of time, Herod's adding on to it, we have Herod's temple, and then Jesus rolls in on the scene. Uh- Fun fact, clarification, the yes. intertestamental period is the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Yeah, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, it's good. I, I remember the first time coming home and like learning, it's like, yeah, there was 400 years in between that, and it's like, that makes prophecy a little bit more interesting. It's not like, hey, tomorrow I'll be at McDonald's, and tomorrow I'll be at McDonald's. You know, that's not fulfillment like you, of prophecy. You, you go Matthew 1, and yeah. people are like... Something doesn't add up. Yeah, hold on. Like, there was a, there was a, a discrepancy thing, in time. And the Lord was silent, did not send a prophet for 400 years. I mean, how many generations of people lived and we never heard from the Lord? One and a half. <laughs> One and a half. <laughs> 400 years, guys. Generations. Okay, if we're going our current generation where the death rate is like maybe 90, we'll, we'll say 100, that's four generations. Oh, I thought you said one. I was saying one because then like... He, we've his, got a, we've he's got a, not mathing right over there. What am I doing wrong? A generation is like the lifespan of one group of people. Oh, I'm doing... Yeah, it's like 100 years. Yeah, so it's 400 years, so it'd be at it's least... Four, four generations. You said one generation. Go back and listen to the breakdown. Okay, See whatever. if anybody will text us listening to <laughs> it. You're like, Gerard said one. No. I'm sure the only yeah. time they text in this week is... There'd be multiple generations <laughs> got you. that would have not... Or had, one. Or yeah, one. Or one. <laughs> <laughs> at least one generation. Yeah. And and then Jesus rolls up on the scene and and critical scholars that have to give an explanation for Jesus would say, "Oh, he only got killed because he was a little rebel rouser that mm-hmm. was trying to lead people away and he and that and the couple things that he did, flipping the tables at in the temple courts and then talking about destroy this temple." Mm-hmm. And that's what got Jesus he killed. He was leading an insurrection. And even Jesus said, you know, hey, this place is going to be, not one stone is going to be left upon the other. And we know 70 AD, Rome rules in, destroys Jerusalem and destroys the temple. And what happened is they actually lit it on fire first. Mm. But remember the prophecy that Jesus says, not one stone will be left unturned. They lit it on fire first, and it melted all of the gold that was in there. And to get the gold out, they flipped every stone over to retrieve the gold from the temple. It's like it was meant to be. It Almost like Jesus knew what he was talking about. You know, because they didn't come in and like... Had to be a really hot fire. Sorry, my brain. Yeah, they didn't hit it with the tank. Yeah. You know, they didn't bomb it. 
they lit it on fire. But when all that gold melted and dripped and down in between the cracks of the stones, it's like, go get go get Papa the gold, right? And so they did. So they tear it apart and they went and got the gold. And so that, that was Rome in 70 AD and is yet to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. That was 70 AD, yet to be rebuilt, which I think is a great testimony that the New Testament was written very early because only one guy wasn't a Jewish author, and that was Luke. And he had great knowledge of Jewish history. But not one dude, not one dude said something about the temple being destroyed if any of the books of the Bible were written after 70 AD. Mm, okay. like, because some of the greatest struggles they had as the early church was everybody reverting back to their Jewish faith. Yeah. Well, the easiest thing you could have said for them not to go back to their Jewish faith is the temple doesn't even exist. Why are you running back to a Jewish faith that you can't live out because the there's temple, no temple? There's no temple. And so so then we see that. And but then the prophecy comes in um in Daniel nine. So if you if we want to turn to Daniel nine, there's a lot of prophecy in Daniel nine talking about the 70 weeks. And and here's the crazy part. What was Daniel waiting upon? Do you remember? No. Okay. So, okay, where is Daniel? Where is Daniel? Like, if locational. He's thinking right now, let me do the play-by-play for Jerron. I'm, I'm having to go back. He has his Bible. head lifted to the heavens looking. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the Lord no, no, no. pours down his. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, they all get conquered and taken off to. You got me. Babylon. They're in Babylonian captivity. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I, I got basic Old Testament I, survey. Here yeah, it shows you if I pay attention. <laughs> He's been up for twelve hours. That's okay. Now, at the beginning of nine, he says, "In the first year of Darius, the son of Azuerus, by descent a Mede." So this is the Medo-Persian Empire that is. I was. I was gonna. You, get, you, you had that? that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make I'll sure let, you clarify. That. I'll let you have the next one. No, no, yeah. you got it, buddy. Okay. You got it. Okay. So in the first year of his reign, I Daniel perceived in the books of. The books, the number of years that according to the word of the Lord, or the word of Yahweh, to Jeremiah, the prophet. So Daniel's sitting down during Darius's or Azuerus, the son of Azuerus, which that is a, he is a real historical figure mm-hmm. at that time. I mean, person, place, and all that all fits, right? So he's sitting there in Babylon reading Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And he comes to 2511. Right, where all of us love to just open up and read <laughs> Jeremiah. Just, and it says that 70 years are decreed for your captivity. Mm. And he understands, hey, we're just a couple years out from that. We've been in here for a hot minute. So what was what was Daniel waiting for? This is this honestly, when I learned this, this was mind-blowing to me. Daniel was waiting for something very specific. And that's why the rest of Daniel 9 makes, I think, better sense because you have to understand what Daniel was waiting for. My brain's running out. No, it's all right. Yeah, 100 miles. You're good, good. So Daniel in captivity wasn't just the idea of when can we go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the kingdom. It was a very specific kingdom. Daniel's waiting on the millennial kingdom. Mm. Right? So understanding that. So he's reading in there, we're in captivity. So he's thinking when we're going to get out of captivity, God's going to set up his millennial kingdom. The Messiah is going to come and reign. Mm. 
and rule because they understand and know that, I mean, that's all of Ezekiel. The Messiah is going to rule and reign in the millennial kingdom, right? And so then that's when Gabriel brings an answer to him and it says 70 weeks or a better thing would be to 77s. We talked Mm -hmm. about that. Oh, yeah. Are decreed about your people and your holy city. So about the Jews Mm -hmm. and about Jerusalem. And what's decreed? To finish transgression to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up both vision and profit, to seal up vision and profits, right? And to anoint a most holy place. And so then he gives them the timetable. So Noah, therefore, and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, which we know it's like March like 3rd, 4th, mm-hmm. or something like that, 444, some would say 445, um, from um, Artaxerxes to Nehemiah mm-hmm. to go and rebuild. So that starts the clock. And to the coming of the anointed one, a prince, which a better word for there is the Messiah, mm-hmm. There it says, there shall be seven weeks, then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in troubled time. And so when you look at that seven, seven times, that's how long it took Nehemiah to rebuild the walls, Mm. to rebuild the temple, and in troubled time. And we understand Nehemiah, he had a trowel or a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other, and we understand that. But when you add that 62 plus the seven weeks, we have 69 sevens, which is 483. Yeah, 483 years, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that from the time that Nehemiah was called to rebuild the temple and the, the walls, 483 years passed until when? It says a prince, an anointed one. And after 62 weeks, so after that, the anointed one shall be cut off and have nothing. It's perfectly Sir Isaac, uh, Sir, is it Robert Isaac, something like that, Anderson, Mm -hmm. something like that. Some dude, super smart, figured it all up with the Jewish calendar and all of that. From the time Nehemiah, and you add 483 years perfectly, that's the Sunday that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a Palm Sunday that fits with the prophecy of Daniel. This is why so many scholars for years would say Daniel is written much later. It couldn't have been that accurate. And then and then a little shepherd boy was throwing rocks and caves in a place called Qumran oh, in yeah. 1947, 1948, and he finds the Dead Sea Scrolls. Which changed everything. Yep, because now we have Old Testament documents 250 years BC mm-hmm. to 150 years BC, and we have all of Isaiah, all of Daniel. Like now, it's well, dang, we're not guessing. We, yeah, we're yeah. This was very written very early, you know, because <clears throat> that's just the dating of the manuscripts, not even the original. Obviously, we don't have the original ones. And so the and then it says so after that so so there's Jesus and he's cut off and so that time stops. Then so the watch started with Nehemiah and it ends. Uh, it stops with with the Messiah being cut off, meaning mm-hmm. Jesus at the cross. And now we're in this like mysterious period of time waiting for that last seven years, the 70th week of Daniel, the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And so why, wh- where's this gap between the 69 sevens and the one seven? That's the church age. But then when you hear that the 
people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decree, and he shall make a strong covenant with the many. So not all the Jews want this, but with the many, and that's mm-hmm. key there, for one week. And so here we have the Antichrist that's going to sign a covenant for one week. And half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. Well, how can you put an end to sacrifice and offering when there's no temple? You can't. You can't. So Daniel is telling us that the temple will be rebuilt. And the Antichrist will sign a covenant with the many, not all of Israel, but with the many, to allow them to retake their sacrifice and their offerings. But then at the halfway point, that's when he will cut off that and he'll put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wings of abominations shall come one who makes desolate the abomination of desolation until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. And so even what we're talking about, the abomination of desolation has to take place in a temple. Daniel tells us that. Paul tells us that. And Jesus tells us that. He said that's the sign unto those living in the tribulation, specifically he's talking to the Jewish people. This is Matthew 24, 25, because his apostles, his disciples rolled up and said, hey, let us know when the end is going to, like, when are the all these events going to go down? Yeah. And he says, here's the sign that you need to worry about. When you see the abomination of desolation set up, that's when you need to run and flee. Because what we'll talk about next week, and so we'll give a little preview to our podcast listeners, the Antichrist will be killed halfway through the tribulation, and he will be, uh, I don't want to say a resurrection, uh, but he will be reincarnated in a sense, uh, or incarnated, that'd be a better word, by Satan himself. That's why for the first three and a half years, the two witnesses could not be killed. It is only until Satan himself fully incarnates, because Antichrist at the beginning of tribulation is just a man, Mm -hmm. just a man, 100% man. He will be killed and there's things uh, that'll go on. We don't give a real specific of that. But then once he dies, he will be incarnated by Satan himself. And when Satan himself incarnates the body of Antichrist, then he'll go and kill the two witnesses. He'll break the covenant with the Jews, and then he'll set himself up as the abomination of desolation, meaning set himself up as God in the temple. And there will be, uh, the idea is a picture there will be something hanging in the temple of Antichrist. And when that happens, that is a sign unto the Jews to flee to a certain spot. And they will be defended. A remnant will be defended by Christ himself, which is the city of Petra. And Isaiah tells us that, that the Holy One, reference to the Messiah, he will trot in the winepress alone. He will defend alone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we see that, then you go back to Revelation, I think it's like 19, when Christ returns, we're clothed in white linen, mm-hmm. but Jesus, his garment looks like it's been dipped in blood. Mm-hmm. Why is Jesus going to be blood covered? He's only been blood covered twice, once at the cross, and the second time defending the Jews at Petra, at Basra, is what we'll talk about in Isaiah. And so when we return with Christ, Christ will be blood covered because of defending the Jews at Petra against Antichrist and his armies. We are going to be in fine linen. We are going to look like we look like the kid that never sees an ounce of playing time on the football field. 
Everybody else has the really dirty, dingy jerseys. AKA Jerron Hummus. And ours are the bright white. <laughs> the clean. bench warmers. Absolutely. Like we probably that the bench warmer probably gets more stains on his garments. We are you the know. one that uh that pulls yeah. off the yeah the the jersey yeah. fresh off the sewing press like it hasn't even seen yeah. that and so and why that temple thing is such a bittersweet and there's there's reasons for it one uh, we know that for God to fulfill prophecy we know what that's going to bring he's going to set up the abomination of desolation the the antichrist will set himself up as God in the temple and it will lead many astray I mean even even the many that are going to sign a covenant with the antichrist you know that he's going to deceive many and it's going to replace where the the whole of all of what God is doing the central place of sacrifice has always been the cross mm-hmm. i mean even to go back to genesis 22 with abraham and isaac and they took him up and and abraham heard the word of the lord and mm-hmm. saying hey you need to go sacrifice your son he's like what all right so they go and he takes wood he puts it on isaac's back mm-hmm. and they walk up that mountain and they're going to sacrifice the son, and then they get there, and the son's obedient. I mean, because Abraham's old and Isaac wasn't. Like he could have easily, you know, whipped Which the I old man. Has so many questions. Yeah, and so so they get there, and he's about to do it, and the angel comes and says, "Hey, you know, uh, leave the boy." And God provides a ram, so there's a substitutionary mm-hmm. atonement. And then the mind blowing part of it all is, what mountain did they walk up? Mount Moriah. Mm. Fast forward out of Abraham's time, fast forward into Jesus' time, it's the same mountain that Jesus carried the wood upon his back, carried his cross as the sacrificial son and as that substitutionary atonement for all of mankind. (laughs) Mind-blowing. And so, yeah, so the fulfillment of, of prophecy for the temple is one, uh, yes, it is exciting because we know a temple has to be rebuilt because they're all the prophecy that is pointing to that. Um, and it's also bitter because it is is being built out of rejection mm-hmm. of the ultimate place of sacrifice, the cross of Jesus. So even even Abraham and Isaac, that was a, a foreshadowing, a pointing forward of the greatest sacrifice that would take place there. That would be the son. That would mm-hmm. be substituted. They would fulfill all of that, and so that's the bittersweetness for us. Is yeah, it's fulfilling prophecy, but it's all. But understand that the temple is being built out of a rejection of Christ on the cross. Mm. We don't want the cross. We don't want the blood of Jesus. We want to go back to our old ways. And how many times do we do that as believers? I don't want the new life in Christ. I don't want this. I just want to go back to my old ways. And we struggle so much and we think like, how could they do that? How could they look at Jesus and the same way we do? Yeah. When you made that tie in service, like to us today was challenging to say the least. (laughs) Like, because you didn't do it flippantly. Like, I don't want to say that, but just how easily you just went, but we do that. Like, what's the temple that you carry? What's the temple that you replace, you know, in your, it's just like, well, I don't. Oh, no, I do. Yeah. There was that t- thing. There was that time. There was that person. There was whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And and again, just um, I'm shooting from the hip a lot by memory 
but then further, so we have the temple that you have to have a temple for an abomination of desolation. But even after all that, when we do enter the millennial kingdom in Christ, Christ returns with the church and unto the remnant of Israel. Where does he go and set up shop? In the temple. Some would say, is the temple, the third temple that's going to be built, is that the same temple that Jesus is going to rule from? It's one of those things that we'll just have to we'll hold in tension. We'll, yeah. Fi- yeah. we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. So when we're following Jesus we'll on our know. little ponies, and he's on his white horse, and <laughs> we're white pressed linen you know, garments, he's covered in blood. Like, yeah, if, if you have a moment in that, in that situation, you can look up to Jesus and say, is this the same temple as the abomination of Just real quick, before we go any further, yeah, can like, you yeah, like, could you dissect this one for yeah, me? Can we pull over here at this rest stop? I got a couple of questions before you like fully do all of this. <laughs> and that's the that was the crazy thing that we'll get to here in a uh, in the next couple of chapters. You know, uh, the remnant of Israel will flee to Basra, which mm-hmm. is Petra, which is that city. You can go on a tour and see that. It's a Actually, a great place to. I've seen pictures. Of yeah. This. Oh, beautiful. Incredible. There's there's Messianic Jews that are putting uh, supplies and and scriptures there at Petra. Really? For their for their Jewish brethren that hopefully when they get there they will turn and find Christ. Is that not amazing? Like how how Let's strong go. is your faith that you would go to Petra, spend good money, and leave supplies because you know. One day there's going to be Jewish people being protected here by Christ himself, and they want to provide resources and water and food and supplies to them because you know the Word of God is that true. Like my mind goes to like artifacts we have now, you know, where it's just like desert and all of a sudden they just start brushing away and there's a plate or there's something like... Yeah. If, if the Lord doesn't come back before then, you know, and it, it's again some time, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to walk in and find just all these artifacts. <laughs> and then um, the other part that I was geeking out on, I think it's in 14. There it is. <clears throat> uh, the end of 14. So here in a few weeks, we'll get to this. So hopefully our listeners forget it by the time we get there and it'll be new and fresh again. And the wine press was trodden outside the city and the blood flowed from the wine press as high as a horse's bridle. That's for 1600 stadia. 1600 stadia for about 184, 186 miles. If you start walking from Petra. Yeah from Basra, same place, yeah. and you walk to the Mount of Olives? No, it's not. Is it really? It's 1600 Stadia. So, <laughs> so Christ, when, when he returns, actually the first place he'll go is to Petra, defend Israel, and then he will go to the Mount of Olives that we always think in the moment that he puts his foot upon the Mount of Olives, that's when it'll split. And so even Revelation is telling us that perfect time frame and so when you think of christ being covered in blood from petra and it's going to be high as a horse's bridle all the way as he's walking why would he walk why 1600 stadia because he's going to the mount of olives and that's when we return with him 
Where were you in Bible college? <laughs> I would actually learn something. Hey, I, it's it's just sitting at the feet of smarter men than me and just being just thankful and blessed that that I can. And something my Old Testament professor said, Old Testament and New Testament, um, and I appreciate it for him. He goes, I'm, I'm nothing special. I just take what I've learned, what I've experienced, and I just want to be able to pass it on to help in other people's ministries, let it be in their own faith and their walk with the Lord. So it's just, you know, I, I joke sometimes, you know, you hear people that have like these really nice jobs. They're like, Oh, this is what I do. And I make, you know, eight figures or whatever it is. And, and I'm, I make the joke and I I probably need to stop to be honest. Here's a little moment of transparency. I'll say, man, what did I do wrong with my life? And I was talking to someone who, who has a, is very financially well, yeah, right. And I and I kind of off put said that joke like, man, what did I do wrong with my life? And they said absolutely nothing. Your understanding of the Word of God, you did absolutely nothing yeah. wrong. And it's like, but how dare of me to think that the treasure that we have in understanding mm. the Word of God is any is so far less yeah. than the physical treasure that we could have of wealth or whatever. And it's like I really need to change my attitude towards that because mm. that's that's the fun part for me yeah it's um when you when you get to see somebody else's awestruck wonder of just how great god is and how specific the word of god is like that's and and you see it just click it all comes together and it, it just like that just like what you responded in like surely the word of god is the word of god because we just time and time again like that is the fun part and for me when you talk about going back to last week and even the week before we talked about that emotional response Mm -hmm. um and so for me i think uh for anyone who calls themselves a christian has had some sort of aha moment where it clicked for them um and just for me, a moment of transparency, the the struggle early yeah. on in my faith yeah. has been how do we take this textbook-like book yeah. that the guy from the stage continues to tell me is this living, breathing, <laughs> never-changing Word of God, yeah. but I, I feel so much stress and pressure to consume that on my own where it feels dated, boring, mm-hmm. like fill in oh, yeah. whatever it is, even sitting... Uh, even sitting in Bible college at a collegiate level where it was more, and I get what they were doing, they had yeah. to, but more informational than, I mean, in less than an hour, really in 15 minutes for you just to kind of like walk through. <laughs> like you see the graphs, like yeah. one of my favorite things I want to get, I, like I want a wall, piece of wall art that is all of the connections between the oh, Old Testament, new, like the rainbow looking yeah. thing, you know, where it's like, hey, here's all the connections. And you know why it's different colors and stuff, right? Because if it's it, the... No, close... I've always wondered, because they're always multicolored. Yeah, yeah so I've it's, always it's wondered. multicolored because uh, the lower of the curve, it, so it's the bottom of the rainbow, like yep. purplies and yeah. stuff, from like the time, the correlations the are closer together. And once oh, you so get you go to like red, Genesis, Revelation, yeah, like longer. the red okay. or the longer ones, yeah. And so when you really, and that's why, again, like you kind of, it was serious, but in the joke of, hey, the intertestamental time is 400 years, like that's a big jump, yeah. you know? And when you think of, you know, things from Genesis to even the end of the Old Testament, I mean, you're talking some years there. That's yeah. not like 50 years, like you're you're talking some jump right there. Yeah. And then when you put the New Testament with it, it's 
And and a lot of the things, the fulfillments mm-hmm. of or we didn't know, like that's just of scriptural correlations, which I love. Yeah. But I wish there was one that like all the little scientific things that Ooh. So like I think we've talked about this. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast, but I remember being uh, a pediatric nurse and the doctor that I worked for was a Christian. And <laughs> we are we are in the middle of doing a circumcision. And he says, do you ever wonder why in the Bible it always said to circumcise your males on day eight when they're born? And I said, um, this is me young in my faith. I said, you know, I just haven't got to that part of scripture yet. I said, I didn't. I don't know that I ever will, <laughs> I honestly. I yeah, I didn't know that. I, do I need to, Lord, do I need to sit around and think about do what I? day you called circumcision? So here, here's a pediatrician, loves the Lord, still a good friend of mine. Uh, we are performing a circumcision because that's, you know, we're more a medical facility at the time. And he starts explaining to me, he goes, your your body has clotting factors mm-hmm. in it. And if they would have circumcised their males, let's say, you know, hey, day eight, that that's the day we're going to the big game. Can we just do it a day early or a couple days early? Yeah. Like nobody, it, it's Saturday. Nobody, let's What's let's, one day. Yeah, what's yeah. one day today? You're, um, they would have bled out because your body doesn't produce vitamin K until day eight. So it is a protection unto them. So if they, they wait, that they wait, because their body wouldn't have clotted, and their their little ones would have bled out. And all we talk about when we talk about circumcision is the pain and why and how could yeah, and and like craziness of it. But the protection that the Lord gives in His command to say wait until day eight, and they and they had no understanding yeah why for years until science confirmed that your your body doesn't produce vitamin K until day eight. So now, like when a baby is born, we give them a vitamin K shot. And that's a very serious, like uh, if it's in the hospital or in the clinic, like we always, I I had to have documented proof that this child had a vitamin K shot if they were before day eight so that we wouldn't perform a circumcision on a kid that didn't have clotting factors, you know. And so you have, like like what you're saying, yeah. you, you go back to, sorry, I didn't mean to rabbit trail there, especially about circumcision, right? <laughs> Took a weird turn. <laughs> All the guys in here are like, oh. oh <laughs> <laughs> or I was, was this was in Harrisonville, the first church we were really serving at. A little side story: um, the pastor and his wife and their like teenage daughter were over and just hanging out. And she was talking about wanting to be a nurse. And she's yeah. like, "What kind of procedures and stuff do you do?" Oh, and no. it's like, "Oh, we do this, we do that. I've you know pulled stitches out." And we did it. I said, "We do circumcisions." She says, "Oh, what's that?" I said, "You can ask your dad." <laughs> no, you should. <laughs> I totally <laughs> did. <laughs> I was like, ask your dad, he'll explain it to you. I was like, I'm not going to look Did at him. Did he like, like BDI, like stare you down? It was one of those like, oh, I guess we're going to have the conversation. Oh, here we, we go. Get home. What is this is going to be, you know? So, um, but yeah, you see, you know, you see scientific confirmations of the reliability of the word of yeah. God that, why did they do that for all those years? And then science confirms like why? And it's like, dang. But even going back to what you're saying, the correlation between some of those Old Testament, New Testament, my professor, Dr. Miller, loved to, we'd be walking through something, he's like, hey, here's a New Testament, Old Testament correlation, and he would always point those out to us, and I, that was always one of my favorite yeah. things. So, yeah, I think that that graph that you were talking about is one of the most beautiful things to see that you know, God really is faithful to his yep. promises and you see that. So one of the, you always talk about, and you've talked openly about it, you know, I think last week you even talked about how 
Ashley has asked you, like, who are you sitting under? You know, when it comes yeah. to like you're preaching the word to a congregation, who are you sitting under? Mm. And we've talked about even yeah. like you tell us as staff, like, hey, just because we lead in the ministry doesn't mean that that we we don't need we need the ministry. Yeah. And so, you know, in addition to you know Sunday morning for me getting out and away and sitting under your teaching and learning and growing, like offsite. Like I would say, there's a there's another pastor you know that I sit under, and he he went through a whole series doing like the correlations, Ooh. and it was it was I don't remember what the sermon title was. It was I think it was something like living an active faith, yeah. but it was the correlation when pastors or leaders or Sunday school teacher or anybody talks about the living, breathing Word of God. Here is how the Word of God comes to life. And even for me, like it was like just sitting there, either watching or listening to the podcast, it was just so refreshing um, either to A, be reminded, or uh, two, to have a different perspective given for a story that yeah. I've heard a hundred million <laughs> times, you know, yeah. you know, and to have that sense that it's like, um, yes. The word of God is living and breathing, yeah. and the moment that it becomes stale is is the moment that I should be concerned. Yeah, not right. that the word of God is stale; that's that good. there's something in my life that's causing that to be stale. I'm becoming stale too. I'm yeah, like I'm mm. becoming numb. My heart is becoming hard. Like, what is that thing, yeah. and how do I surgically remove that thing out of my yeah. life? Yeah, and I I think that's a, a wonderful thing to know and understand. And and don't be so hard on yourself if you hit a season like that. Yeah. Because there's probably something else that's going on, just like a warning light on the dashboard of your car. Like the Mine are all on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the moment we become stale to the word of God, like, okay, what's going on in my life, my heart? Like it, it doesn't always have to be this like, oh, I have this big secret sin yeah. that everybody's gonna find out. Like it could be like you just need rest. <clears throat> You could just need rest <laughs> or, you know, because you've been waking up at three. Um, uh, so you, you might need to Sabbath a little bit in there. And there's there's a lot of reasons for that. But like that's the you you see that check engine light come on. And then it and, starts flashing. And you yeah. Go, and but, then your engine just dies. But what should you do before then? When it first comes on, it's not flashing yet. You so take it, it to the. And what do you do? You get you, a service. You check you it run out. the codes. Yeah. And honestly, so when we become stale to the basic spiritual disciplines of our faith, mm -hmm. if we become stale to the Word of God, if we become stale in prayer, if we become stale in serving, if, we, if, if we're losing our joy, we need to run the codes of our life and say, all right, what's, mm -hmm. what's off right now? What do I need to look at? Yeah. And and so many times we instead we get stale to the word of God, then we attack the word of God, we attack God, and we just walk away. Or, you know, we just we we don't want to look at our own lives and see that. Mm -hmm. But it it's uh, and I think some of the greatest things that you can do. Well, what happens if you're in a season uh, of grief or hurt or pain? And it's like, what do you keep doing? It's like, just keep walking. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, though I walk through walk. Through the valley. Doesn't say lay down and die. Yeah, it doesn't say lay down and die. Keep walking through it. Yeah. Like if you got breath in your lungs, you got a, a, a heartbeat, you know, like God's got purpose for you. And just keep walking through this and, and be okay that, hey, this is a, this is a, it is a stale season. Yeah. And, and so for me, like my two cents when it does become stale, go back to when you could feel it. Mm. 
what was that? You know, and so there's there's a couple books that uh, or a couple authors that I like or a couple sermons that I'll go to that's like that's refreshing, refreshing, mm-hmm. and it's always has been. Yep. You know, it's like I know that's I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to like ooh that's good because sometimes that deep dive into into the Word of God is it, it is good and it is needed, but if that becomes our sole focus, it can insulate us and numb mm-hmm. us to the Christian life. Yeah, and the Christian life isn't tread lightly here, isn't just about the study of the Word of God. That is a spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are so that we would have the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the key there. So, And so you can't say, oh, I'm going to have the fruit of the Spirit without the Word. No, that's that's not possible. Good either. luck. Yeah, try that on. So I don't know how we... Yeah, you... That was way better than what I had, so I don't even want to like bring up my little... Oh, thing. no, I wanted to... Now no, I'm just interested. No, 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 but... Okay, now you're just interested. So... Um, we're gonna be mad if we end it now. We're less than an hour. And oh, I know and we people, get yelled at. We, I, we, we get, get yelled at. First, it was you guys go way too long, and then it was yeah. like that was real short, guys. You couldn't talk yeah, a little we're, longer. We're, I work for eight hours. You a day. have one of them that is in your Sunday night college oh, life group. Oh yeah, that every time, every time he serves, he'll walk up to me like very. Kind of I, and I, I love him. I and he knows that too. He knows Serve that I love so him so faithfully. But let me tell you, he'll come and be like. Real almost snotty, you know, <laughs> just like didn't think the podcast could be a little bit longer. Yeah. Like I got four hours of work and you guys cut it in an hour and six minutes. I looked at him last time he said that and was like, listen, dude, not everybody has the time yeah. like constraints and or freedoms that you have. Some people need they don't want to walk for an Put hour. Put it and on half, like half speed then. <laughs> Stretch it out three hours in, guy. You no, know, where other people put it on like <laughs> I know, like so. Blaze, the oh, old youth guy. I, no, here, when he was listening to us, he put us on like three times speed. No, he's like, it takes fifteen minutes. You sound like the chipmunks, but it was good. I'm like, you don't even, re- you can't even hear. I don't know. You know, Alvin, Simon, Theodore in it over here. Um, I didn't know I was going to go there, and I did. This okay. wasn't. This wasn't in the notes. This wasn't. It was just one of those things like the Lord put on my heart. And sometimes I have to ask, is that for every service or is that for this service? Continue, because there was there was something that you were very... Yeah. You didn't say in all three services. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't. I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. Or again, maybe I was more oh, focused so on the two wise men but that wh- don't exist. <laughs> Sorry. two wise men. <laughs> Gold, frankincense. Where's the myrrh? He didn't show up. He was late. Just like the dinosaurs at the ark. Um Sorry, bad Bible <laughs> I was trying there. not to laugh because I was afraid you were going to get serious. I was like, hold it in. Hold it in. He's getting real serious about this. Uh, uh, obedience to the Lord. Mm. That whole segment of, of just being honest and transparent where it's not the it's not the massive glaring sins sometimes that can do the most damage, mm. but for me to walk in obedience to the Lord, but for myself. Mm. And not for him. Yeah, like that's that's been wrecking my life for the past week. I wrote that down and like starred, highlight, asterisked it in my notes because for me, even the concept and the in the way that you walked it out uh, in first service and then in third service, yeah, um, was one incredibly challenging, yeah, and incredibly off putting. Like yeah. just in the sense of. Is that even a thing? Like, is that even possible? Because yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, but I'm doing it for the Lord. Yeah. Am I? Are you though? Yeah. And if you are, would you be so upset about it? Yeah. 
And it's like, oh man, that that's some tension I'm gonna have to sit with. Yeah. That's some tension I need to let the Lord and and what gave what gives me hope is always identifying it. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about our need for repentance, again, anytime we talk about sin, anytime we talk about repentance and forgiveness, we always want to jump to the grave, the big sins, mm-hmm. those really bad ones. And we don't want to talk about which a book that I love, the respectable sins that we put up with in the church. Mm. And and I think where the Lord has been hitting me is like, um, as a good doctor, he doesn't want to get 90% of the cancer. He wants to get all of it. Now he could roll in, you know, if you've never had surgery and have this massive tumor, roll in, and we're we're gonna get 90% of the tumor pretty quick. But we need to go back. But now we need to go in and we yep. need to get real intricate. We need to get real detailed. And so in the same skit guys kind of God's chisel. Don't. You know, as you're chiseling cry. to get the basic form, it's easy to knock off massive chunks. But then when you start getting into the detail of what the sculpture is supposed to be, you got to get specific. Mm. You actually need sharper tools. It takes more time. It's more of a process. And that's where, for me, it's more the respectable sins where it's not that, oh, I've arrived to the respectable sins stage and God's only just fine-tuning me where the rest of you sinners are just a block of marble and he can just use a chainsaw. No, 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 no. We're all in process. For me right now, in this season of my life and where this is at, it's this respectable sins, which sometimes I think are the most glaring you know, because the details, like in a sculpture, the details is what makes it a sculpture. And so he's he's really working on my pride and my ego and that. And so what gives me hope is that it, it really is a mercy of God mm-hmm. for me not to be able to walk in obedience. Mm. He He what loves me. Yeah, he loves me so much that he will not let me to continue in this without the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in my life because then he wouldn't be God. The yeah. Holy Spirit wouldn't be the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit's not going to bring conviction. Like Now, I can quench the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I can grieve the Holy Spirit. I can try to ignore the Holy Spirit. I can become numb to the Holy Spirit. But it never says that the Holy Spirit will cease to bring conviction in the life of the believer. And so I, I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to become numb to him. I want to be sensitive to him. And and so the, the that's the process of where I'm at, of, all right, I, I am walking in obedience to the Lord. But is it for the Lord? Or is it for how I want to be seen? And that's, I mean... That's about as real and as raw as it is right now for me. And like, and it's like, how about we go back to the big hunks of marble that you just need to cut <laughs> that out? That hurts there? less. Oh, I don't notice, yeah. so, you know, so much. But yeah, that's, but that's, I, and I don't know where that came from. I was talking about replacing the greatest place of sacrifice, and and I don't know if it came when I was talking about you know pick up your cross and follow me. And it's like, if if I'm following in obedience. For myself, that's really not the cross of Christ. Mm. You know, I, I I pick that up and I follow Him. If I pick up the cross of Christ and I follow my own leading and guiding, my own that's my own heart, 
and it, ha- it actually doesn't matter what I'm carrying yeah. because I'm sitting on the throne of my heart. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, so that, that was my only, it was just a, that's real, that's transparent, but it's also like, like we've always said, we're all in process. We're all smack dab in the middle of our own sanctification. I love how Paul Tripp says we're all between the, the already and the not yet. Mm, yes. I love that verbiage. And, and, and the other beautiful part is when we are hit with a moment of conviction from the Holy Spirit about that, th- the blessing of that is, again, showing us a, a time and time again that God is real and he wants and he is doing a work in you. Because mm-hmm. the moment, like you said, we become stale to the word, become stale and, and apathetic to the Holy Spirit, it's like we're quenching the work that God wants to do. But if it, ooh, that hurt, that stings, I need to process that. It, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And it's because he's doing, a, he's doing a fresh work, not a stale work. Are we going back to that thing again? That really, Lord? Like, nope, doing a fresh work in your life. But it's all about our ability um, to let go of our life mm-hmm. and to let him do that, which, you know, the, the whole God's chisel thing, I think articulates that very well. Hands down, personal opinion. I think it is the best video ever. The, you know what the second best one is? And it's still a stinking skit, guys. These guys know their stuff. They're telling you. I know. I Okay, moment of honesty. Yeah. I was super disappointed in their movie. I know what they were trying to do. Just like have which a, oh yeah, the yeah. camp. Yep, yep yeah. Yep. Super disappointed because their skits are so good. I didn't watch it for that reason because I, I was afraid that that's yeah. what it went a little to the the goofy side yep. for me. Still trying to have like a a good like message and all that. I got that, and it's like oh, it was but, almost like the Christianese movie. Yeah, yep. it really was. It was like there was so much hope. You had us right yeah, there. Right there. You... I was so excited. I was like, skit guys making a movie. Like, if it's anything like their skits, it'd be phenomenal. And it wasn't. Yep. So, sorry, guys. I, I love you. Love you guys. Love, yeah, they're love too big. They're yes. listening to us. Here we go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that be horrible? We get attacked. <laughs> like, it blows up. Hey, they talked about you. At least we're being honest. Dude, I'd feel right? like dirt. I've met them, and they are the nicest they, guys. Oh, man. So nice. I haven't met them, but I can I met them at a youth conference. Really? Yeah, they were They were, they were just like just good friends that just like hey let's just start doing these weird lord was doing a work the second best video yeah no, the one on baggage <gasps> where he yep. rolls up and he's holding all the suitcases yep it's like i've wanted to steal that so many times I, if the lord ever does a massive work and you'll appreciate this because we've had this conversation and i mean massive a work massive in my life work. and i become a senior pastor massive work Heard it first here. That, the breakdown. That is like heard I, it first. That's almost going to be like a requirement every year to do that. To do the. I, I just think there's there's so yeah. many things we take. It's a great refresher. There's so oh, many yeah. things to take away. Just like you said, like, hey, these are the things that are going to be painful, but I I have to get rid of yeah. them. And and they are so tied to who you are. Your identity is so wrapped around them. It's going to hurt even worse. Yeah. Any like. You could just play that video, and you wouldn't even have to address it. Just walk up on stage, bring your suitcase, set it down, or just hold it while you preach the whole time. And I, and everybody's waiting for like, okay, what's the suitcase about? And you just walk off. Just let it. It's the it's the baggage we all carry. I have watched like there there's a couple 
I'm a more emotional person anyways. We all know that. But <laughs> there's a couple of things like, you know, going back to yeah. how you talked about, like, what are the things that you go back to that are the refreshment? Yeah. That video. Like, yeah. I, I have a playlist that have some go-to songs that yep. kind of filter out. I've got a couple. There's just a couple key videos yep. um, that I run back to um, that uh, the God's Chisel one, the, um, oh, I could almost quote it verbatim. I can't think of it. A lot of churches played it Easter a few years ago. It's the, oh, it's the pulled sermon from, it's the I Wonder Do You Know Him video. That's my king. The Bible says, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very ignorant right now. Hey, we're going to put it in the show notes. I'm going to, yeah. Here's I'll, the crazy thing Jerron's talking about. I'll I have no idea. Send it, it to me. Um, find it and send it to me. I would love to know. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Anyways, it's a, it's an excerpt from a from a black preacher doing a sermon, but he's talking about that's my king. I wonder if you know mm. him. And he he compares Jesus on the cross to Barabbas. Oh, and how we are Barabbas, like ah. like we are the Barabbases, and how Jesus still looks at us with grace, knowing that he's the thief, he is the murderer, like he wow. is the worst of the worst. And it's this whole plate, and then it's got some really cool graphics that they do. Oh, yeah. Um. Those and sermon jams that they're dude, making Dude, I'm nowadays. telling you, I, like, I go to that, and I'm just like, shouldn't be a pastor, really question if I if I love yeah. Jesus. Um, but, there, you know, there's just some of those go-to things that uh, are incredible refreshers for me. And not an emotional high, but just, like, a, a good, hey. It's the same way that when we talk about having your rocks of remembrance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just certain things. It's like, all right, I'm going to go back to my... You know, those kind of pinnacle moments. Oh, yeah. Because we all remember the first time we saw the God's chisel, and we all remember that, you know. So we go back to those things that really woke us up, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to go back to. And it's going to, you know, it's going to ignite again, you know, and those are those foundational things. We just keep building upon those. And that's kind of the fun part, too. It's one way we can gauge our spiritual walk is how many of those and what are those, you know. You know, one book that I used to love to read, you know, I could probably rip half of it out now. Not the Bible, not the Bible. <laughs> Another one, but like, you know, it, 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 we've talked about my view of church and politics mm-hmm. and specifically from the pulpit and different things. And, and so the first half of this book I just love, and then it gets into that, and it's like... If I had stopped right there, it'd be yeah, a it and where before I wouldn't have like I oh the whole book was so great and it really and now it's just like I've matured some some not much some, some. and it's like I I would probably push back on a few of these thoughts yeah. here and there so and that's but it's neat to see that maturing process even in ourselves uh, specifically back to the those points of of our lives those anchor points yeah. as I like to call them that are like nope. That's that's going to keep me from getting too far out to sea. That's going to keep me from yeah. getting too strayed because I have these anchor points. And so, you know, there for a while I had one. Then then there was two, you know, but now you get so many anchor points. Like that's where a solid foundation comes from. Yeah. So, And I think that's the cool for us as leaders and specifically related to the breakdown. And that was always the hope is yeah. for for the viewer listener to have that sort of view and scope into our own sanctification and to realize like whatever pedestal that you've put us on, take it off. Yep. And to res like to resonate and understand, Oh, they're walking through something. Maybe the same thing may not be the same thing. You know, um, that's always, I had a, a preaching teacher say, um, 
you don't need to add to or take away from scripture. But if you could do anything, be transparent. Ooh, that's good. And I went, cool. I don't care if you like my story. I don't care if you think that I shouldn't struggle with that or I should. This is where I'm at. And, you know, early on it was like I got in trouble a lot for oversharing and just being <laughs> like, and I'm like, if it helps somebody go, yep. wait, if he mm-hmm. has walked through that or if he feels that way, then it's not as weird yep. for me to feel that way, you know? And so y'all get the front row seat I to, like to our own. Random act of trivia, random a little nugget of trivia. Okay. So like you understand my educational background yes. within ministry. Yes. You're going to hate this. Okay, here we go. I've never taken a preaching class. Um, I took... Uh, no, I'd... So many people. Like, I'll, I'll be talking, and, and I'm even blanking on the name, or what do we call it? Um, yeah, public speaking. No, there's like, there, there's like, there's a churchy word for it. Oh. Um, and, and I, you know, we were talking about that and somebody was telling me about theirs that they have taken and stuff like that. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, cause I learned this method and that method, cause there's different yep. styles, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I've never taken, uh, a class. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like we've done Bible study, hermeneutics, we've yeah, done yeah. all of that, but not that public speaking. Man, what is the name of that? We're gonna. If, hey, that that is the trivia the, of the breakdown. If you can come up with bonus what that points word if you can is, text us. I know. Man. I know one person that would know it absolutely right now. But, and yeah. So it's like. So where did you get your style from? It's like uh, my ignorance Jesus. of it of just. <laughs> but I really have always loved. What is it? Is it Nehemiah or Ezra? I think it's Nehemiah. Says that Ezra read the book of the law and explained its meaning. It worked well for Ezra, so we'll just try that. We're just gonna read the book and explain its meaning. I don't know who I'm trying to think like there's a what is that? I gotta go. It's gonna drive you nuts, isn't it? There's a pet peeve of mine right there. But I can literally feel it like when I can't think of a word or I'm trying to remember something, like that's the worst. It's there, but it's not. Yes. I'll have something, I'll get distracted, right? Squirrel, come back to it, and it's like, what was I thinking about again? And like my brain literally feels like it's turning. Like I know there was something there, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's so. That's all I got for the breakdown. That's all I got for the breakdown. It's all you got for the breakdown. Hey, uh, appreciate your ability to to pivot. <laughs> Seriously, like, we'll ask. Let's see how. Well, let's see. Yeah, what let's feedback see what is before today. we just start a, the ability to pivot. Yeah. Well, so I really do appreciate that that ability to. Yeah, they're all talking about preaching class, but nobody has the stinking term that I want. Okay, we're going to figure this out before we end the breakdown. As oh, soon as we do. No, we can't. Use some words. We <laughs> might be here That's forever. okay. Use some words. We're going to figure this out. Because oh. there's like Let's play 20 ecclesiology questions. and oh, come on. There's all those ology words that, that they had a class on, and this is one of those. Um, dang it. That's it. That's what homiletics is. A homiletics class is a preaching class. Isn't that right? Or, hey, here you go. Front row of your know. pastor. Isn't that what? Homiletics. When you don't have the answer, just go to yeah. Google because everything on Google is right. Yeah. The art of preaching or writing sermons. Homiletics. Yeah. Don't even know. Didn't even know that word. So I definitely don't have the art of that. I have the kindergarten finger painting of that. <laughs> But yeah, I was talking to somebody. Picasso of preaching. We were talking about homiletics classes, and I was like, I've never had a homiletics class or whatever. And they're like, 
what? Like, how do you get through that many years of Bible college and seminary? And it's like, choose your classes wisely. <laughs> I'm honestly not surprised. Really? I, so, I'm not. I normally people that have been in like yourself been in Bible college stuff like that. Like everybody's like, how did you get out without? Because a I feel class? like if you go through, uh, there's like the two tracks of yeah. ministry. There ah. is, there is like, okay, so at and SBU, I don't have a strong like pastoral. Yeah. So at SBU, when I went to school, there was there was even this tension between the biblical studies Ooh, majors yeah. and the ministry majors. Yeah. So and, that, and, and both of those, Jesus loved that division oh, that we like, hated. The let other me tell group. you, it's uh, yeah, I have thoughts and feelings on that, but there really was. <laughs> like I remember this tension yeah. from the biblical studies majors. Like as ministry majors, we were less than because all they did was study the Bible, you know. And so depending on kind of what track you went down, Nerds. there was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you had all of these Bible classes yeah. and and like a whole semester on one book. So it'd be like us doing Revelation, but, yeah. you know, and all the ways to, you know, annotate, diagram, dissect, whatever. Um, and then you went to like the, the uh, ministry side, which is more of the tactile hands-on. So yeah. like my, I was a Christian ministries major with an emphasis in youth. That's my technical degree. Wow. Okay, guy. We're throwing around terms Basically, here. that's the Whoa. official title. Whoa. But I had a, I'm a youth ministry major. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what my degree was in. Yeah. Well, I had Bible classes. Yeah. But then I had, like, I had a youth ministry class, yeah. which was, like, I loved my youth ministry professor. That man was a saint. He was so formative in, in who I am as a man and who I am as a pastor um, Duke Jones was his name. Dr. Duke? Duke Jones. Dang. Love that man. Why can't I have a cool name like we that? We still go back to SBU and I still like he he really he cares. He always wants to know how the family is. Um I had great teachers like Duke. that. Dang. And then I had love like and then I had just I had harder professors that were, you know, my upper level Bible. Yeah. I I straight up flunked out of Greek. Greek was the one year long class. Um I took Greek for a semester and cried every night. <laughs> We'd learn 30 words every day in Greek. Oh, and man. you want to hear what the final was? Don't. The final was we had to uh, – Dr. To? Bayer was, yeah. was the professor. He would give you – part the you had to go buy a Greek lexicon Bible. Yep. So I'm one half was – because Greek is written left to right. Yes, it is. So is Hebrew. Um Sorry, I didn't take Greek. I took Hebrew. I flunked oh. out of Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrew. Therefore, I went to, sorry. Then you went to Greek. Yeah, so okay. we had to buy uh, a Hebrew. So the left the left half of the mm -hmm. Bible was Hebrew. The right was Greek, or, yeah. or was English. Yeah. Um, your final was he would pick a, um, a an entire passage, and you had to read it. You had, like, you had to be able to read through it in Hebrew. Good night. And that was your final. You know, uh, I didn't make it to the final guys. Tim, Tim Mackey with the Bible Project, like he, oh, he has yes. his doctorate and he reads Hebrew, like, like, like we would read English. He actually sings Hebrew. <laughs> I remember um, some of the alphabet when we had to learn yeah. the alphabet. Oh yeah, like Alpha and the Omega. But no, that's uh, yeah. that's. Great. I'm telling you, it was now. You know what's crazy? You know how Tim Mackey came to the Lord. I mean, think of this dude. Like, I feel like I've heard it. On he's one like of a the, double PhD. I mean, he's super he's stupid smart. smart. Yeah. Like, ridiculously yeah. smart. He was a skater. 
I could see that. And there was a ministry that was trying to reach skaters. I could totally see that. And it's like, that. hey, if you wanted to skate at the skate park and get some pizza, you had to give up like 15 minutes for the the youth pastor, the guy to give the story about Jesus. And he just was like, all right, I'll I'll try this. I'll listen to your stupid Jesus. 15 minutes if you let me skate. Could you imagine that? You know, 10 years later, be like, who's your pastor? Remember that skater punk over there? You're like, Wait, what, you, what people say about you now? I, yeah. I wonder what they say. Hmm. I wonder what they say. I can only imagine. I could, me too. Uh, always kind of fun stuff. That's fun. Welcome to the breakdown. Episode seventeen. Is it seventeen? You have uh, no idea. 17. You have no idea. Uh, I can tell you. <laughs> Please hold it up. Please hold it. I think it is seventeen. I did that last week, and I wasn't. I was an episode off. It's either seventeen or eighteen. Can we see when people jump off of listening to it? I wonder who's going to make it to the very end. Uh, no. Give them a code word, like right now, that they have to say. And the first person that says this code word to us wins a million dollars. No. <laughs> In imaginary money. <laughs> of a, of uh, Monopoly money. Episode 19. Fives. Is it 19? It's 19. Of second season. Of the second season. Fun fact, we haven't talked about this. I've tried not to push it. It is. Okay. We, we blew past 2,000 downloads. Yeah, Whoa. remember when we celebrated a thousand? That wasn't too long ago. In season two, we celebrated a thousand. Wow. We blew through two thousand and then some. How many episodes is season one? Uh, How long is the season? Seasons <laughs> end, unlike winter in Missouri. This season will end when Revelation. This will be the probably the longest season we've You're ever done. You're gonna keep it with. We're it. gonna keep just. It's too easy is to walk with Revelation. Yeah. Are we going to break down the next book, kind of how we were already talking a little bit? Yeah, I think we'll do that. I, I've kind of been thinking and praying through, like, I don't I don't like that we're, you know, by the time we're done with it, we'll probably be 35-ish episodes into season two. That's just really long. Yeah. Because we're, we're at 20. I thought we'd be more than that because... Well, we've got we do one for every Sunday, and there's 52 weeks. Take out an Easter, take out a Christmas. We'll see. I'm bad at math. So we could be like in the 40s. Yeah. So whatever it ends up being, it's just gonna be really long. And not that, and not our the breakdown isn't like an episodic podcast. Too big of a word for me. We we don't go episode by episode. We just use it as a hey, if you missed a week, that's the number. But it's not like you miss out on anything per se. Because um, if you listen to the sermon, you listen to the podcast, and you roll into life group, I—I I mean, I would say I'd feel pretty equipped. I'm glad you would. I lead a life group, and I don't feel equipped. <laughs> you can't say you don't feel equipped as a pastor leading no, a life group. Yeah. No, it's—it's it's just been really cool, and I keep bumping into people more and oh, more yeah. that are like, "Oh man, I finally caught up. Like I had to binge watch or binge listen to six <laughs> episodes." Because they they didn't know or they yeah. caught on late and they didn't want to jump ahead, so they're they're literally going back and re-listening to the message and then follow. Like I know one person that that went back and re-listened to the message and then immediately followed it up with the podcast just to. The kinda, sermons aren't that good, man. Give that you person can say an that. extra crown in heaven. That's exactly right. We'll get there and it'll be Thank like, you. all right, this is for your persecution. This is for your faithful ministry. This is for putting up with Nick's. And, and here's, <laughs> and here's an on the extra breakdown. crown for the podcast right there. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's great. So, so. But we'll, uh, so this is episode 19. So next week will be episode 20. We're back to a regularly scheduled broadcast. Maybe. And then Maybe. the week after, I go on vacation. We're I know, have to what do am something. I doing? Bring Dayton back in. You guys are great without me. Oh, my goodness. Just take a week off and share your heart. Oh, still do the podcast, but... Or don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. 
people are gonna miss you. They're Maybe not gonna I miss get me. My wife. I actually had that thought. Like I, I was dreaming about how I could like manipulate Ashley on the show. <laughs> I love that you're dreaming no, about no. manipulating my wife. No, no, no. <laughs> With that context, she's gonna text us in that group message and be like, yep. "Weird." She's like, "I never got the code word for the million. <laughs> she's no, but, always wanted to just sit on the couch and just like add. Like, really, what she wants is like you know during the presidential debates. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fact. Like a fact checker. She, that's what she wants to be. <clears throat> she says that I have. Uh, a problem with exaggeration. I said I'm a storyteller, okay, woman. Like, so do we need to give her like a button and have her come in one day and just? She probably would. Let's she, do she it. Would, if we could rig that, that up somehow, like if we had a light right here and every time it lights, Ashley, that's saying, like we have a green one and a red one, and so it's green. It's like Ashley's hitting that, saying that is true. Actually, I can program sound effects into the board. No, nah, we don't. Where she could just that. sit there and press nope, it. And be like, no, nah, we don't need to. Do just so people would always know. No, I preach alone. Interesting. <laughs> Ashley, if if that's of any interest to you, oh, text no. me with no, your husband. Because then somebody in it. else is gonna like fund it. <laughs> They'll be like, "Yes, I'm interested." In Whatever Ashley we got to take that. to do that, how are we gonna make that happen? No. So, uh, but anyways, we'll we'll figure something out. But Sounds good. We're gonna wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for listening to the last extra maybe twenty minutes. Bonus, you, you get that's bonus track that's right there. Bon- <laughs> you for sure. If we have any control over it, you for sure get an extra crown yeah. in heaven. I said crown. Not he crayon. who has ears, let him hear what is said at the later ends of the breakdown. And run away, <laughs> screaming and crying. But we'll be back next week for another episode of The Breakdown. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you're not subscribed, get subscribed. If you have any questions or you're not in The Breakdown uh, text community, get in on that. Just text the word THE BREAKDOWN to 573-679-3760. We'll make sure that's in the video description of the show notes so you have that and then text in your question if you have it for next week. Sounds good. But for now, we out, y'all. Thanks.